Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, January 24th is just moments away. But before we get into this, we need to thank the following unions for jumping on board and sponsoring this program. Unions like the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace, not Aerosmith Workers, Local 126 and District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150 are sponsors, as well as the Chicago Federation of Labor. Brianna on the live stream, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but Ben Jarofsky, let's hear that song of the day, pal. <clears throat> heard this coming in today this is it make no mistake anymore one more time this is it the waiting is over oh, i just wanted to check yeah that was awful <laughs> the Benjarovsky show starts now it is friday january 24th and live from the chicago sun Times chicago reader studio on racine avenue this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, it's another Ramana Rundown with Chicago Sun-Times editor Ramana Hussein. And we welcome Lorene Targos with Alderman Byron Sigcho Lopez. And now your host, not an alderman. Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this I Love Michael Bloomberg Friday. And here's why. Yes. (laughs) These titles aren't getting that creative. What was yesterday? I Love Rex Hupke Thursday. And here's why. Oh, yeah. I can remember. What a good memory you have. Oh, I am the producer of this show. God damn impressed. You have a crutch, my friend. Um,. I love Michael Bloomberg Friday, and here's why. Because I love Michael Bloomberg. <laughs> Thought those words would never escape my mouth. Let me just explain. Michael Bloomberg is the former mayor of New York City. He's a gazillionaire. He's a billionaire with a B. That's billion with a B, D. All right? He's got a lot of money. Now, as I said. Yes, that's billion with a B. Thank you, Mayor uh, Lori Lightfoot. Anyway, uh, so yes, he's billionaire with a B. He's got a lot of money, a lot of disposable income. I think he's worth 50 million, billion, someone told me. 50, but I think I read that somewhere, 50 billion. 50 million billion? <laughs> oh my God, he's really rich. He's The man's rich, okay? And when he's rich, he's rich. To quote Jake Giddies, when you're right, you're right. Oh, anyway, millennials hang tight. Fifty billion dollars, a lot of money. Now, as I said, I never thought those words would escape my mouth. Politically speaking, we're opposites. He's a right of center moderate. Uh, not even sure he's really a Democrat. He was a Democrat for a while. Then he was independent. Then he was Republican. And then he was uh, independent. Now he's a Democrat. Who knows what he really is? Okay. Of course. Then on the other hand. Uh, Bernie Sanders, who's number one in my polls right now, is not a real Democrat either. He's a Democrat socialist. And number one in your heart. Yes. You know, I have the top five that I do. And Bernie's been reigning number one for like three months now. Okay. Anyway. So why do I say I love Michael Bloomberg so much? Well, because this dude is determined to defeat Donald Trump. Uh, he despises Donald Trump's administration. He probably can't stand Donald Trump for a million reasons that you would need to be a psychologist to pick apart. Who knows? Who cares? He cannot stand Donald Trump, and he's kicking in lots and lots of money to beat him. And there was a story in the New York Times I read last night, D. I almost called you. I was so happy, but I knew it was too late to call you because it was like about, I don't know, midnight or so. When, so one thing yeah, made, I was in no, bed. Yeah, he, young Dennis goes to bed quite early. He's <laughs> yes, that I do. beauty sleep. He's usually at bed about 10. 
p.m. every night. Going to bed, Ben, don't bother me. Oh, I don't say that. <laughs> Going to bed, don't bother me. Ooh. He calls me at 10. I'm about to go to bed. No more phone calls. Don't call me to talk about Zion Williamson and or anything. don't call me boy. <laughs> that too. Anyway. A Bloomberg ad on Fox and Friends hits its target audience when I absolutely love this very much. Oh, here's the deal, folks. Uh, he's been airing, as you probably know if you watch TV, nonstop commercials for, I don't know, a couple weeks now, it seems. Three weeks, I've lost track of time. Uh, I'm, I'm not a big TV watcher, I have a confession to make, but when I'm ever uh, watching a game at a bar or something like that, and I see these Bloomberg commercials coming on, I'm like, oh my God, he's really getting that message out there. And it turns out he's got this one ad uh, that slams uh, Donnie Trump for being uh, hostile to the military. I'll read it to you, a uh, description of it. Uh, Let's see. Here we go. Uh, the uh, the ad is based on reporting from a new book, a very stable genius describing the language Mr. Trump used to excoriate military generals during a Pentagon meeting in 2017. The ad described Trump as erratic and pointed to the chaos uh, in his admis- uh, in the Trump administration. Mr. Bloomberg's campaign manager Kevin Sheeky appeared on the show to unveil the ad on a Fox TV show, saying the military is quote an institution that everyone respects. I think people want our commander chief to respect the institution and i think he weakens the country by attacking it the ad struck trump with its focus on a topic he's often been concerned about maintaining support among the military not only that it was on fox tv now trump's advisors have been advising him boss whatever you do ignore bloomberg ignore Bloomberg, okay? The guy's got a billion dollars. He can just air commercials at you. You just want to pretend like he doesn't exist. Ignore Bloomberg. But apparently, young Donald saw that commercial on Fox TV and could not help himself, D. And sure enough, he did exactly what the advisors told him not to do. He tweeted out an attack on Bloomberg. Mini Mike Bloomberg is playing poker with his foolhardy and unsuspecting Democratic rivals. He says that if he loses, he really means win. In the primaries, he will spend money helping whoever the Democratic nominee is. By doing this, he figures they won't hit him as hard... (laughs) It's, I'm sorry, I'm laughing. This is so funny. Won't hit him as hard during his hopeless presidential campaign. They will remain silent. The fact is, when Minnie loses, he was spending very little of his money on those clowns because he will consider himself to be the biggest clown of them all, and he will be right. That is the President of the United States, folks, tweeting out his thoughts on Michael Bloomberg. He did exactly what his advisors told him not to do. He, went, he took the bait, he fell for it, and went after Bloomberg. Do you think Bloomberg's deterred? Hell no. This is a billionaire. That's billion with a B. He's airing even more commercials. He's doubling down. Now, here's the deal. I do not believe Michael Bloomberg will be the Democratic nominee. I believe he is too uh, right. I believe that on many of the issues that I have problems with him, his past, uh, stop and frisk and charter schools being top of the list, being one of those mayors who likes to dole out money to Amazon. Oh, wait a minute. All mayors are like that these days. So take that off the list. There's no better or worse than our own. Uh, but on all these issues that... Uh, make him mm, not my number one pick. I don't even think he's crashed the top five yet, D. Uh, so I doubt very much. I, I would say that most people who vote in the Democratic part primary think along the lines of me, and they're not going to uh, nominate Michael Bloomberg. I could be wrong. Billion dollars is a billion dollars, but I don't think he's going to be the nominee. I mean, you're wrong a lot. Yeah, I am wrong. <laughs> did I did I predict Lori Lightfoot would be next mayor of the city of Chicago? I think I did predict oh, that. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. It's funny. Every dog has his day. <laughs> it's true. A clock is right twice a day. A broken watch is right twice a day. Anyway, uh, I do not believe he'll be the nominee, but I do believe that he will stay true to his word, unlike Donald Trump, who's very nervous about this, and he'll kick in a billion dollars. Bloomberg said he'll put the billion dollars worth of campaign ads, uh, negative campaign ads about Donald Trump, even if it's Bernie Sanders who's the nominee, even if it's Elizabeth Warren who's the nominee, whose policies he, uh, whose left of center policies he disagrees with. I love it. I absolutely love it. Here's another line from the article. From healthcare to the environment to impeachment, the Bloomberg campaign has been running ads attacking Trump's record nationally, particularly in key swing states. The ad about pre-existing conditions was backed by more than 1.2 million in the Orlando, Florida market alone. But in further tweaks to, to Trump, the campaign is also running ads in his stronghold, such as $14 million worth of ads attacking the president in Texas. 
I'm telling you, D. Bloomberg as a billionaire is no joke. That's billion with a B. We got a great show today. Everybody, Ramana Hussein will be in the show in a little while. We're going to be talking about uh, we're going to be talking about Mayor uh, Lori Lightfoot's uh, curious comment. We'll talk about that about with you too, D, uh, about who she's going to endorse in the presidential race. That'll be interesting. Lorene Targos and Byron Sixto Lopez will be here later to show. Love Lorene Targos and Byron Sixto Lopez. He, of course, is the alderman of the 25th Ward, a very one of the most progressive aldermen in the Chicago City Council. She is a scientist for the EPA uh, and is also a brilliant political strategist, in my humble opinion, in her own right. So we're going to talk EPA, uh, Trump. We're going to talk city council, and then we're going to get into, take a deep dive uh, into the whole Bernie versus Elizabeth versus Hillary versus where the Democrats should go. Uh, I was talking to Lorraine briefly. Yesterday was like uh, Elizabeth Warren Day on the Bendrowski Show. It's been Elizabeth Warren Day for a couple days in a row. The Bernie supporters are saying, hey, what about us? So uh, Lorraine's got a few things to say uh, about Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton. Lots of great political talk ahead. But before we do any of that, oh, yeah, the young man from Alton, the man they call Dr. Doobie with the news. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. All right, for the fourth and final time this week, let's find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. Shout out to the live stream chat room, by the way. Weigh in, guys. We're going to need your help today for the local news. Weigh in with your opinion as we go along here, because, yes, we're going to be talking about, once again, Lori Lightfoot and her endorsements. First, got to talk about our Illinois governor, J.B. Pritzker. Three times in one week? Yes, it's true. Illinois governor J.B. Pritzker is doing... Governory stuff outside the city of Chicago. He had his writing hand ready and a pen in his pocket. Today, he was at the state capitol at the Central County's Health Center's signing legislation. This particular legislation caps insulin costs for 1.3 million Illinoisans. I'm telling you, this progressive legislation from J.B. Pritzker. Michael Bloomberg, are you paying attention? Yes, you could be a progressive billionaire. Just because you have a billion dollars doesn't mean you have to be some right of center guy. You could be like J.B. Pritzker. And Bloomberg, are you paying attention? J.B. Pritzker goes places and talks to people. That too. <laughs> I'm not just throwing one here. Just, I don't want to talk to you. Just take my money and vote for me, please. Uh, that too. <laughs> Although, we'll take the money. Don't listen to Dr. D. We'll take the money. Ugh. Keep running those ads. Events? Ooh, icky. Just take my money. Vote for me. That's my Bloomberger. I've never heard the guy talk in my life. By the way, keep running the ads. Don't listen to the doctor. Go ahead. Then J.B. Pritzker was off to Carlinville, Illinois. Carlinville? Yes, we used to play Carlinville in high school, right near where I grew up. Did they name it after George? Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. Whoa. I my caught mind. him off with that one. He wasn't expecting that one. My mind's blown. Not a 618 area code. Uh, 217. Do you agree that George Carlin's uh, in the top three of any greatest comics of all time list? Go. I mean, had nothing to do with the local news, but yeah. Okay. Just needed to know that. Go ahead. All right. He was off to Carlinville, Illinois. J.B. Pritzker was to the Carlinville Intermediate School to discuss investments in early childhood education. Boy, he's trying to hit that early childhood education home there. He was doing that yesterday as well. As for our Chicago mayor, it's the mayor goes to Washington day three. Did we talk about Don't that? Even. <laughs> Lori, Sorry, man. Lori Lightfoot is still at that winter mayor's conference in oh D.C. God, that's a long conference. Today she's moderating the lessons learned, preventing, preparing for, and responding to mass shootings panel mm. discussion. Meanwhile, on the home front, back here in Chicago, all of the Chicago political know-it-alls, including our very own Ben Jarofsky, <laughs> are talking about Mayor Lightfoot's primary election endorsements, or at least when it comes to the 2020 presidential race, her non-endorsements. And it's really her reasoning behind it that has everyone discussing. We touched on this yesterday, but the Chicago Sun-Times and Lynn Sweet put out more details after we ended the program. Here's Lynn Sweet. Mayor Lori Lightfoot, a Democratic progressive, is going to make a presidential endorsement before the March 17th Illinois primary. And after talking to her on Thursday, I'm pretty sure it's not going to go to progressive rivals, senators, Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren. Lori said that she's, quote, apparently not progressive enough. For Bernie Sanders or Liz Warren. You're not going to believe it here. Mayor Lightfoot actually brought up how the two candidates, Warren and Sanders, supported the teachers and not reached out to her during 2019 Chicago teacher strike, proving once again that this mayor holds on to a grudge tighter than a scared <laughs> kid on a carnival ride. <laughs> All right, let me just add a couple things. Number one, 
in all due respect to Lori Lightfoot, I voted for Lori Lightfoot. Not yes, once, but twice. Oh, okay? my. I voted for Lori Lightfoot. Uh, I don't think Lori Lightfoot really qualifies as a progressive. Now, I I realize the word has been so used and overused and abused that it has no meaning anymore. And to a large degree, people have turned to the word progressive because they don't want to use the word liberal anymore. The word liberal has been tarnished by years of pounding and bashing by the Republicans. They'll get around to pounding and bashing progressive and then liberals slash progressives will go to another word. Now, I just call them lefties, but, you know, that's not a very popular word uh, either. So. But everybody wants to be a progressive. It still hasn't been tarnished. And I would say that Lori Lightfoot is more of an old-fashioned Chicago lakefront liberal. And as such, uh, they adhere to certain conventional notions of reform. Uh, and uh, as such, they uh, are here, adhere to conventional notions that you don't slam your wealthiest people hard with a tax because you want wealthy people to live in the city of Chicago. So a progressive is somebody who really champions the notion of a progressive tax that taxes the rich to expand programs for the poor. That's not where Lori Lightfoot is coming from. So I don't know why she would even want to call herself a progressive. She's more of a moderate centrist. Democrat. That's just, I'm not, that's nothing wrong with that, right, D? Okay, it's a big 10. I'm just, all right. I just, that's how I view it. So why she would feel compelled to say, I, Lori Lightfoot, I'm a progressive. I don't understand it. She didn't run as a progressive. Well, I guess she kind of did run as a progressive. She's not really ruling as a progressive. So this notion that the most progressive candidates um, in the uh, presidential race, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, would be attractive to a person who's essentially an old-fashioned Chicago reformer liberal, I don't see why they would be attractive. I'd say her inclination would be to be supporting, I don't know, Joe Biden or Pete Buttigieg or Amy Klobuchar. Those would be the people... Uh, that I would expect that Lori Lightfoot would want to support in the first place. So um, I don't know. Just being uh, a black LGBTQ mayor does not necessarily make her a progressive in terms of economic and social justice issues. Just throwing that out there, D, is just a, a general thought. Here's the quote from Lori on Warren and Sanders. Quote, it is what it is. They haven't reached out. They've been to Chicago. They were very supportive of the Chicago Teachers Union strike, but didn't feel it was necessary to talk to the new black LGBTQ mayor. Mm -hmm. I'm certainly not endorsing somebody that has never bothered to reach out. So the other person that I haven't heard from directly is Biden. (laughs) Joey B. (laughs) And the hits keep coming, people. Lynn Sweet then asked Lightfoot what she is looking for. In a Democratic nominee, Lightfoot said, quote, well, number one, I'm looking for somebody that I think truly has a shot at beating Trump because the idea of four more years of Trump is incredibly frightening to me. So that's number one for me. Obviously, I'm looking for somebody whose values align with mine. I think the American people are incrementalists. We're not looking for revolution. We're looking for somebody who is practical, who's speaking to the values of the person. Who's worrying about whether they have a paycheck? I can just hear our live stream chat room typing away right well, now. Well, I'm about ready to type away right now. <laughs> I remember reading it. Great, by the way, can we give a shout out to Lynn Sweet? This was a very well done column. That's uh, correct. Uh, the way she just did a very good job with this column. Go ahead. So Dee. she says, we're looking for somebody who's, who is practical, who's speaking to the values of the person, who's worrying about whether they have a paycheck, whether they're going to be able to take care of their kids, may have savings, build a future, and somebody who is going to be smart and able to put together a good team to take on the challenges that Americans are facing. But I think also for me as a mayor, I'm looking for somebody who recognizes that mayors and particularly big city mayors touch the lives of more Americans on a day-to-day basis than anybody else, and that the direct delivery of services to our people is critically important every single day. Lynn Sweet went on to say that the Lightfoot breadcrumbs seem to be leading to Amy Klobuchar, <laughs> Michael Bloomberg, or, Ben, cover your ears, Mayor Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> Dennis's favorite candidate, just kidding. How'd you know? <laughs> wow. All right. Wow, there's so much to unpack there. I mean, let's just start with the notion of what does she call it? Incrementalist Americans are not uh, most Americans are not uh, revolutionary. They're incrementalists. You know, funny moderates. I've been listening to mayors for a long time. 
when it comes to some change that they want, it's not incremental. It's we got to do it now. Change is hard, but we got to do it, right? How many times have we heard a mayor a mayor tell us, I know change is hard. I know change is hard for you to take, but we're just going to have to make you take this medicine. It's usually when they're trying to get us to do something we don't want to do. Like when they want to just try take tell old people in the city of Chicago, we're cutting your pensions. That's it. Eat gruel, granny. Change is hard. I know it is. But you got to take it because we need the money. All right? Oh, so that's like no incrementalism there for granny. It's going to take away granny's food. <laughs> You know what I'm saying, D? I will it, now be using eat, gruel, granny in my daily vocabulary. That I is mean, excellent. There's no incrementalism when they want to snatch a pension from some uh, pensioner. No incrementalism there, okay? Now, how about when they want to give us Amazon and take $2 billion of our dollars? Well, what's the incrementalism there? We need to have a major change in the city of Chicago. We need this giant boost. We need a revolution of money. Go to Amazon. It's funny. They only want to be incrementalists when it involves something that most people want, like health care. I'm sorry. You're asking for too much, people. You shouldn't have to. You're asking. It's too expensive. We can't afford health care. That's a revolution. And Americans don't like revolutions. Most Americans want health care. I got news for you. This incrementalism stuff doesn't really work for people when you got to pay your bills. She talks about paying bills. How are you going to pay your bills when you, you're broke because you can't afford a basic medical medical expenses? So I just find, I find it. I have to tell you, folks, I've been covering Chicago politics for so long. And I always irritates me when I hear a mayor talk about the need for sweeping change when it's change that nobody wants, but let's just stop. We can't afford it when it's something that people do want. So I I just have a, I believe the American people are ready, D. Oh yeah. I think they're ready for some serious health (laughs) care. I think right now, if you take uh, Bernie Sanders numbers in the polls and uh, Elizabeth Warren's numbers in the polls, they, you, you add them together, they're probably close to 50%. And guess what? They're the ones calling for Medicare for all. So definitely the Democratic Party, uh, the, the people are ready for health care. And I just think a lot of people who are in the Trump column are ready for health care as well. So this notion that somehow or other, you know, going slow on things that people really want is uh, practical and pragmatic. I would like to think that it's practical and pragmatic to be able to pay your housing bills and your medical bills at the same time. Yeah, I think uh, Lori Lightfoot just made her first mistake of 2020, taking this interview with Lynn's tweet. <laughs> no, just, it just yeah, ex- the quotes on here are just too much here. What, what did she say here? Uh, I'm looking for somebody who recognizes that mayors, and particularly big city mayors, touch the lives of more Americans. I'm looking for someone that thinks I'm incredible. <laughs> no, okay, and then the other thing, uh, and she starts off by talking about the teacher strike. And the fact that Bernie uh, Sanders and Elizabeth Warren came to town uh, uh, to stand with the teachers. And I'm just going to point out reality. And this is the reality. There were, what, 24,000 teachers uh, and there were teacher aides and there were uh, uh, bus uh, aides on the picket line. These are like bread and butter working people who are the heart and soul of the Democratic Party. On the other hand, you had Lori Lightfoot and her board saying we can't afford nurses. All right, let's go revisit that issue. We can't afford nurses or we can't we can't be obligated to put those nurses uh, in guarantee of uh, those nurses being hired in a contract. All right. So what do you want Biden and Sanders and Warren to do? Stand with the one mayor and her handpicked board or the twenty five thousand Heart and soul type people of the Democratic Party. I, at some point, you got to realize that any practical, pragmatic Democratic politician should be on the side of the teachers. Because I got news for you folks. When Biden, Sanders, and Warren, whoever is the nominee, go out, send the troops out to Wisconsin, Michigan, Iowa, Pennsylvania, all those swing states, they're going to be calling on teachers, rank and file, working class Democrats to go knock on the doors. You know, it's not going to be Lori Lightfoot and her handpicked board 
doing and knocking on the doors. It's going to be some regular old school teachers, teachers aides, et cetera, and so forth. So I can't blame Sanders and Warren for standing with the teachers. I'm glad that they did it. So I think Lori's got to get over that one, D. I don't know. That, of course, I was on the side of the teachers, too. I guess I'm just biased, D. All right. So that's really all the news we're going to cover here uh, in the local news segment of the day. Now we go to you, the YouTube live stream chat room. By the way, if you're listening on the download and you've yet to listen to the Ben Jarofsky Show live, well, you really should. It's a fantastic time. You can watch us do the show, if that's your thing. See Ben's bull's hat. Go, Bulls, go. How about those Bulls, Andy? Please don't talk about that. Zion Williamson. The live stream chat room is always uh, on and popping. Go check it out sometime if you're listening on the download. We highly advise it. All right. Brianna weighed in. She started off here uh, weighing in on Mayor Lightfoot's comments here. She put, incrementalist, really? So <laughs> if you're a hungry, poor Chicagoan, you should just wait for help uh, in an increments. I'm just about done with LL, says Brianna. <laughs> well, that's what I was saying, Brianna. I, uh, Ramana Hussein has entered the building. Ramana Hussein has entered. Ramana Hussein is no incrementalist. Can't wait to hear what she says about this. What do you think about Brianna's comment? Uh, I think Brianna's right on. It's pretty much what I agree with. It's like... When uh, an ordinary Chicagoan like wants something like I don't know healthcare, that's like a revolution we can't afford. Uh, so you know, I I feel as though incrementalism uh, is a word that's being abused in this particular instance. Shout out to Dragon Slayer nineteen and buddy, if you keep this up, I know who's going to be live chat champion. Dragon Slayer nineteen says, uh, "quote I can only endorse someone if they personally court me." <laughs> okay. That's exactly right. And then he says, yeah, I'm thinking that uh, she wants to endorse Bloomberg. Well, that's what we were talking about yesterday, uh, you know, Michael Bloomberg. I, I think that's one of the candidates has actually talked to her. I think I got that clear. I mean, to a certain degree, D, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, now I'm going to go be fair to Lori Lightfoot. You know, we're all just human beings and human beings have you know general feelings and you know if uh bernie sanders and elizabeth warren come to town and stand up with the teachers and hug uh stacy davis gates uh and don't show any love to Lori lightfoot she may you know she may remember that our friend roe weighed in and said uh Lori is going for biden i bet I don't know. She said Biden didn't call her either. Right. <laughs> Biden, you better get on the phone, buddy. <laughs> Joey B. Get oh, on I just read the paper. Lori, are you there? Please. <laughs> That's your Biden imitation. Oh, God. No, who does that sound uh, like? That's not Biden. That's somebody else. That's a really old person. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, we got a discussion going on on the top three comedians because you brought it up earlier. Oh, ben. yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Radio Doogie weighed in. He says, top comedians because you can't take none seriously. Tom Ricketts, Donald Trump, and Rudy the Red-Nosed Giuliani. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. I get it. I'm writing down my top three. Let's see what uh, Romanos are. And Brianna's top three comics of all time. No particular order. Don Rickles, Richard Pryor, and George Carlin. Uh, I I would have to consider Rodney Dangerfield on that list, the great Rodney Dangerfield. That's really good. And um, but uh, this is a, a generational thing. I'd be curious what Romana has to say. She's a younger generation, so she may have some different comics. All right. So who do you think Lori Lightfoot is going to endorse for president? Weigh in on the YouTube live stream chat. Let us know. And if you want your language, we're more than likely to read it on the air. Don't go anywhere because coming up, Romana Hussein's back, and it's the Romana Rundown. We're live from the Chicago Sun Times. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture, food, arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Rom, Vice President Joe Biden made one of his final moves before the debate starts to show a video of him basically bear-hugging President Obama. Smart move? Why is he I doing that? I think he also got a hug back. <laughs> uh, but, okay. But no, yeah, it's a smart move. It's his calling card. It's why he has the strength he has among Democratic voters is because he served with a very, very popular president. It's what surprised me in the last debate when people were throwing the president under the bus. I mean, you have a person who's at 90-some-odd percent popularity with Democrats. That is not a smart strategy. I do agree with Matt. This is going to be about the energy. There's more about a chemistry that you're going to associate. And the closer the candidate can put their own story with the story of where people live their lives, they're gonna, the better they're going to be. They're not going to follow all the details about this policy versus that policy. It's about relating and they feeling that they can relate to that candidate and that they understand them where they live their lives.
It's Chicagoland's Adult Entertainment Playground. It's the world-famous Admiral Theater, 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. The Admiral is homegrown from Chicago, and it's the most conveniently located club in all of the city. 15 minutes from the O'Hare Airport in downtown Chicago Loop. Voted Chicago's best strip club, the Admiral has showgirls galore and a variety of adult entertainment shows. The world-famous Admiral Theater, open every day from 7 p.m. to 6 a.m., 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. For events, showtime, and other information, visit AdmiralX.com. Must be 18 years of age or older to enter. Hey, welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show. Live from the Chicago Sun Times. Every Friday, Ramana Hussein, Ramana Rundown. Uh, Ramana, editor here at uh, my beloved Bright, Bright One, the Chicago Sun-Times. And I've been, uh, Ramana, bumping you in the hallways uh, a couple times this week and saying, oh, we got to talk about this, we got to talk about this. Uh, and then I always forget what we're going to talk about. Uh, but one thing, I cannot let Ramana get out of the studio without asking her for her thoughts. Rem- rem- remember to remind me this, Adi. Oh, okay. Uh, we were talking Bernie uh, versus Hillary at one point early in the week. So if you and, forget, it's my fault. Yeah, it's your fault. Okay. Uh, and uh, the notion that, uh, I'm going to write a column about this. This is so on my mind that uh, of getting things done, the whole concept of getting things done. I'll get Romano's thoughts on that. But before we do that, let's start. Let's just continue the conversation where we just were, uh, Romana. And um, I know I want to have a list of things I want to talk about. The Harvey Weinstein trial in New York is definitely on that list. We'll get into that. Uh, Harvey Weinstein has a, a lawyer uh, who is from Chicago, a woman. We'll talk about that. But uh, let's just, Lori's preferences for Mayor Lynn Sweet wrote a great column in today's Sun-Times. Yep, I read that. Really well done by Lynn Sweet. Getting her a shout out uh, about Mayor Lightfoot is uh, her views. She, Lynn just captured him, just put it out there. Gives you kind of a glimpse into who Lori is, how she views the world, uh, who she is thinking about. Uh, voting for or supporting or endorsing for president. What were your thoughts about that? I thought it was interesting. I mean, she's definitely feels snubbed because she hasn't been contacted by, I think it was Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders that she specifically called out. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, I guess I'm not progressive enough for them. They don't want to meet with the new black LGBTQ mayor of Chicago. So I know she feels snub so she's taking it very personally so it'd be interesting to see who she is going to endorse i don't know i would think that if i was the mayor of chicago that wouldn't be the only reason that i wouldn't vote for someone i don't know if i necessarily i i understand being snubbed i understand that especially being the mayor of chicago like you no, know, she maybe she feels like maybe maybe a lot of these elected officials feel like they don't really have to these Democratic candidates really have to reach out to her. Like, will it really matter who Lori Lightfoot endorses? Would that change your view? I don't know. I'm just thinking as a as an average voter, would that really change the way they think? If someone is endorsing, you know, Bobby Rush earlier this week endorsed um, Bloomberg. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Is that really make an impact in the city of Chicago? And, you know, obviously... Bobby Rush is different than Lori Lightfoot in terms of, I guess, the hierarchy of, you know, politicians in Chicago. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it it's different than if, if it's Barack Obama, I think, yeah. make an endorsement than Lori Lightfoot. That's just my personal opinion. And it's not taking anything away from Lori Lightfoot. I, th- I think the same would be said of any mayor of Chicago, whether it was Rahm Emanuel or Mayor Daley. Would that really make a difference who they endorse? That's just my personal well, opinion. Well, I mean, I've thought about this because I remember uh, back in the day when uh, Daly could have had an impact and he, and he stayed out of uh, the presidential race of 2004. And I always thought it was because he uh, and the Bush Bushes were very close. Uh, and and if, if you recall, George Bush flew to Chicago to celebrate his 60th birthday with Mayor Daley here uh, in the South Loop. So it's like, well, how could Daley be employed? A guy like Daley, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. How could you use uh, Richard M. Daley if you were the John Kerry campaign? How tactically, where would he be useful? So like Rahm Emanuel, uh, I don't know. How would you use Rahm Emanuel if you were, say, the Hillary Clinton camp? They've kind of hid Rahm Emanuel. They want anything to do with him back <laughs> yeah. in 2016. So I'm not. Your your point's a good one. I mean, you I mean, have to I think could be. I could be. Like I said, tactfully. I'm not. I'm not that politically savvy as you are. So I'm just thinking as a layperson. I'm not even thinking as a reporter. I'm. 
I'm thinking Lori Lightfoot's endorsement really wouldn't make a difference in my life. Yeah, and also, and, but it's just funny how she's really peeved about it. So, so it, upset, so mad. Yeah. It I just know. seems like she's taking it really personally. But you know, Lynn Sweet mentioned how those three reached were reached out to the teachers during the whole teacher strike, and they wanted to just say, "I'm with this group," and. Lori Lightfoot, I, I think with Elizabeth Warren's camp, she said they weren't interested in. Wait, like, you mean the, the presidential candidates were for the people? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Weird. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Not wow. just one person. <laughs> the people. Yeah. So, there, were, there were. I'll just do some basic math. There were twenty-five thousand striking Chicago <laughs> teachers and one mayor. Okay, twenty-five thousand. So, yeah. One. So that's why you know I'm sure that's a political tactic on their end too. You know, it's like. They're probably thinking it was so close to the teacher's strike. Do we just call up Lori right now and ask for her endorsement? I don't know. Who do you think she's going to endorse? If I do, had do, to put Do you think money, she'll even endorse anyone? Um, that is a great there question. There is that option. There is yeah, that right? option. She doesn't just, have to say anything. She, yes, yeah. she does not. Although everybody's going to ask her. Well, they'll ask her, who are you going to vote for? Uh, which is a, a question that comes up all the time. And the, the primary is... Uh, about two months away in uh, March, so uh, she's not a delegate to any slate. If if I had, if she was going to endorse one, if I had to put money on one yeah. candidate, Bloomberg. Bloomberg. I think that's uh, when I think about Lori Lightfoot as mayor, where she stands uh, in the ideological uh, map. Mm-hmm. She's close to Michael Bloomberg in so many ways. The the way they approach uh, the city, uh, she's not a, a champion for progressive taxes. You know, soaking the rich. She's mm-hmm. said many times that uh, that's unfair to the the well to do. We have to keep them in the city. We don't want to just uh, uh, you know tax people out of Chicago. So yeah. it's kind of a Bloomberg approach, uh, and yet at the same time she's liberal on things like the uh, banning uh, styrofoam and yeah. plastics which is very Bloombergian. So uh, if if I had to put um, money on it, I would say she'll go with Michael Bloomberg. What do you think? Yeah, I think I, that's a possibility. I've seen on Twitter some people not, that, I'm just, I, a buddy, how do you pronounce his name? Buttigieg? Buttigieg. Buttigieg. Mayor Pete. You know it means father of the chicken or something? Whoa. Or, Does it? I don't know. It's something like that because, you know, I, I told know you I went to Malta, right? Over the summer. Yeah. And that's where uh, Buttigieg's father is. Yeah. From. And so we saw a sign with that name and we're like, hey. And then we came, we know when we got Wi Fi, we Googled it and, you know, his father's from Malta. And Malta, uh, Malte, the ling- Maltese language is very similar to Arabic, which I'm familiar with, at least with the sound. I can't speak it, I can read it. So we kept thinking, we're like, this sounds like they're speaking Arabic. And it turns out it is very similar to Arabic because there were Arab traders who came through Mal, you know, or people who spoke Arabic who came through Malta. So I don't know, I saw a really interesting thread this week by um, someone who said that it, I'm surprised Buttigieg's name hasn't come up and what it means like, you know, during the camp. So it was something about chicken. You know, well, do you father think she of might support Buttigieg? That's what some people were saying on Twitter. I saw a lot of chatter on Twitter a few minutes right before I came here. I make- think he's going to Mayor Pete. That's what because I think people call him Mayor Pete because it's too hard to say his last Absolutely, that's what. Yeah. Like, Plus, he said, "Call me Mayor Pete." Although uh, a good friend of the Ben Jaroski show, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make my prediction on who Lori Lightfoot or uh, it's gonna be Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren's gonna make the call and call. You her think up. so? Yep. Yeah. Warren will make the call. Lightfoot will be Whoa. fine. And it's gonna be Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> not well, Bernie yeah. making the call. No, oh, no, not oh, Bernie. Oh God! In a million years, so she's then not she, doing then Bernie. She could, then she could uh, <laughs> do hot girls for Bernie. Uh, that was a trending on Twitter right before I came in. I see. Uh, that <laughs> Somebody, Mana Hussein my, who said that, not me. My uh, my husband pointed that out to me before I came in. So. Uh, I uh, I go Bloomberg. I'm sticking with my Bloomberg bet. And uh, so wait, you're you did not come up with one before we move on to Harvey Weinstein's Well, who who I think? Yes. I I don't know. I I can't, I can't. I don't think it's a clear winner here. And okay. I think she may not even endorse anyone because she'd be so mad. All right, I'm gonna. Go and maybe no somebody one. will call her, and she doesn't like the she doesn't like the phone call. Yeah, no, that's, that's what I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, I'm just being realistic. Um, 
All right, now uh, let's move on to uh, the uh, the Harvey Weinstein trials in New York City. Uh, Harvey Weinstein, of course, the big, huge uh, Hollywood mogul producer. Um, he's got like 30 years of accusations from women of sexual harassment, rape, and uh, he kept his power until 2017 uh, when I guess it was uh, Ronan Farrell, I want to say, broke the story mm-hmm. uh, in the New Yorker. Uh, and, and then it was the New York Times, too, New wasn't York it? Times. Like a. Megan yeah. Toohey and Jody Cantor. Yeah, they were, uh, and I think they shared a. Yeah, they a shared Pulitzer, a byline. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're uh, right. And uh, so, anyway, uh, since then, uh, people, more stories about him and his abuse have come out, uh, and now he's facing criminal charges in New York City. Uh, there's a Chicago angle to mm-hmm. this. Not that we need a Chicago angle to talk about this. His uh, his defense attorney is a lawyer from Chicago and a woman. Uh, as I always point out, Ramon Hussein, before she became an editor here at the Chicago Sun-Times, covered the criminal uh, justice, uh, uh, the uh, criminal courts here in the city of Chicago for years and years, sat through more than one uh, criminal trial. All right, so uh, the first day, talk about the first day of testimony uh, when this week. Was it yesterday? Yes. Oh. It was either was it two days before. ago. Yeah. I don't know what happened the first day of testimony. Was that, I'm assuming that's opening statement, but I know yesterday um, I saw the actress Annabella Sioria. If I'm sorry, I'm mispronouncing her name. She was the actress, if everybody remembers, in Jungle Fever. And she was also in uh, Hand the Rocks a Cradle, I believe. Is that right? I think so. I think she was the She mom. was in Jungle Fever? She was in Jungle Fever. She was the um, person, Wesley Snipe. Is what? No, that was a different the, actress. Who's, who's the? No, 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 no. She's the love interest in that. Uh, well, anyway, continue. We'll have our, our crack investigative team look that up. <laughs> I believe it's a different actress. Who did matter. you think it was? I'm blanking on the lady's name. I could see her face. I don't know. I can't anyway, remember. It was a anyway, long time ago. Um, that was the first time I saw Annabella Sierra, but she's also, she was also in The Sopranos. I think she played uh, Tony Soprano's shrink from what I remember. No, different actress doesn't matter let's go <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm telling you oh, right no, no. now oh, that let's i think that was lorraine bracco you are correct yeah, but she played i guess she played his uh girlfriend or something anyway she um she's an actress and i remember reading about when these um articles came out in the harvey weinstein allegations she is an actress that uh said that um harvey weinstein um sexually assaulted her in the early 90s and it really hurt and derailed her career because if you really think about it have you seen her in many things you haven't really i think she was in the sopranos but that's about it um anyway she um had harrowing testimony yesterday now we should remember that um harvey weinstein's actually um in on trial for two incidents one that happened in 2006 and one that happened in 2013 and these other women that are going to be brought in, including Annabella Sioria, are brought in to show that he, you know, because I think the statute of limitations on that case obviously is expired. And so a lot of these women, so we may be seeing a lot of, you know, headline, you know, a lot of actresses come and testify, people that we know. So she came in as as a witness just to talk about the other allegations that are out there. And um, from what I read, Rosie Perez was uh, seen in court today. And, and I think, I believe Annabella Sioria went and told Ro- Rosie Perez about this assault when it happened. So I know that was a pretty, um, pretty big deal when she took the stand. And so far it's been pretty interesting. And then, you know, everybody's seen Harvey Weinstein on that walker, which I've never seen him on until the trial started. So I, I just kind of find it interesting. What'd you think about that as a... Uh... <laughs> A cynical, jaded criminal court reporter when you suddenly um, saw the defendant with a walker. I was pretty cynical about that. <laughs> that director knows how to tell the story. That's <laughs> what I thought. Just coming in. I mean, he's never seen. I know not. This is a very serious uh, case, so I don't want to make jokes about it. But do you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? Oh, uh, yes. Well, I, I don't watch it on a regular basis, but I'm a huge fan of that. You life. know, it started again last week, Yes, right? I do know that. So are you going to have wa- to borrow your HBO account. Are you going to gonna, are you gonna watch it? <laughs> I love. Uh, OK, now we're in a tangent with a tangent. Uh, and uh, that's OK. That's where we usually go. Uh, if I had to put. OK, we were talking about uh, the Mount Rushmore of comics. Larry, Larry David, David would be a strong candidate. The last 30 years between Seinfeld, Curb Your Enthusiasm you got to say he's had a huge contribution to comedy and just our sensibilities. So anyway, I'm a 
big okay. Big anyway, fan. there's so Jeff Garland who plays his manager. You know, he people. There's a scene <laughs> where these women think he's Harvey Weinstein. They're like, ah, he, why is he at this party? He's despicable. And those that kind of were once or twice that was mentioned. And there's another thing with the MAGA hat. It's so funny. Yeah. No, Larry. Yeah. See, that's it's the thing. Like, okay, we're going we'll to. I'll talk about that with you later. But anyway, there was a Harvey yeah. Weinstein. There are some Harvey Weinstein jokes in there because people thought. Jeff Garland was what, Harvey they, Weinstein. Harvey probably Weinstein. happened in real life. But anyway, so um, so the Weinstein case, um, I actually have been paying attention to it. I was kind of keep a side eye on it mm-hmm. and like just pay attention to it because the Me Too, I think a lot of women are paying attention to it just because of the Me Too, um, you know, the awareness that's out there and the, the discussions people are having are are pretty interesting. Well, the the um, yesterday the, the testimony was really sobering, uh, and uh, it, it was a very powerful testimony. But then to refute the testimony, what Harvey Weinstein did, his attorney and his attorney uh, is from Chicago, Donna Rotano. Yeah, Rutano, Yeah, uh, she is a lawyer based here in the city of Chicago. Harvey. And I have seen her in twenty six in California. All right, talk about there her. There was there was one. Uh, well, so apparent. I I have seen her actually in court. I maybe have done one or two cases involving um, or, uh, cases where she was the attorney. Apparently, she defends a lot of men who are accused in sex cases, and she's won most of them. I think except one. There was a former high school football player that was a um, convicted of a rape. I think that was one case that was mentioned in the New York Times article. Mm-hmm. There Actually, there was just one case where they mentioned where there was this designer from the South Side, and I actually covered that case when it happened in Bond Court. And as a lot of people know who cover the courthouse, sometimes a lot of the cases, like you covered the initial Bond hearing. So I remember um, someone had called me and told me that eventually – he was found not guilty, this designer. And he was mentioned in the New York Times article. And so I remember doing a follow-up story because I said, if I did a story on him being charged, we have to do a story, at least on the record, saying that uh, he was acquitted. So I think, I, I, I believe I did do a follow-up story. I don't remember, but I remember getting a call from someone, which is a fair, it's a fair point because, you know, there's so many cases we cover where someone gets charged and people forget about the cases and, you know, we move on to the next story. There's, you know, being in a city like Chicago, there's so many cases that you cover. And I used to try to keep a list of things, but sometimes they fall through the cracks. So I think it's, I thought, hey, that was definitely fair. Well, there's, that, you know, so yeah, yeah there, go ahead. There's two, there's just, I mean, in an instance like Weinstein's uh, case, there were so many people who've come out and said, he abused me, he raped me, he sexually harassed me. Uh, there's so many compelling stories that have come out. And, and I, I, at the same time, I have to remember that the man is, we're supposed to be uh, innocent until proven otherwise. Yes. And so, so when, when uh, uh, Donna Rotano is the lawyer, her whole purpose is to just destroy the credibility of whoever is coming forth to testify against, in this case, Harvey Weinstein. And Ramona, she doesn't play around. I no, mean, no. It's, it's but not I, nice. I, as we saw in the article, a lot of women would probably probably do have an issue with her defending Harvey Weinstein. But I guess if I was Harvey Weinstein, I would probably want a female attorney as well. Because just having another guy as an attorney would not, would be would be more detrimental to this case. So she probably took his case. You know, he probably, I, he contacted her I, from what I understand. Yeah. All right. Now, so and here. So, here. yeah, some of it, I think a lot of women would have issues with and a lot of uh, activist groups have, you know, a lot of groups he, for here's, women. Here's the, the cross-examination. It's set up uh, when Annabella Siora uh, uh, had said that uh, one night uh, she was in her hotel room and there was a knock at the door. She thought it was a neighbor or her doorman. But mm-hmm. when she opened the door, Weinstein pushed his way inside. When Mr. Weinstein unbuttoned his shirt, she said she realized he thought we were about to have sex. She said she considered running into the bathroom. But before she could, Weinstein grabbed the front of her nightgown, pushed her into the bedroom, and raped her on the bed, pinning her arms above her head. All right. So um, this is r- really gripping testimony. Then Rotano, the attorney for Weinstein, 
uh, gets up and attempts to discredit Scora's testimony across examination, pointing out that the actress could not remember the exact date of the alleged assault and several other details about the night. Ms. Rotano also asked Scora, uh, Scora why she would open her apartment door without first finding out who might be on the other end. So you heard this knock, you're in a nightgown, and you don't say, who is it? Rotano asked. No, Scora said. I opened the door, and he was right there. Now, obviously, that's an attempt to just uh, undermine her credibility. Yeah, what do you think about that? I mean, she's doing what she has to as a lawyer, but um, I think a lot of people will tell you... Um, what does that have to do with her opening the door like without asking that doesn't mean she the sex was consensual right correct and uh you know how was she going to remember the exact date it was in 93 94 so this is just a tactic that the lawyer is using you know some people would say it's unfair but she is you know she's defending her client so i think chipping away at the credibility of someone who says they're a victim is very common but, you know, this is a woman, so, so it's sitting- like a different, you know, and, you know, a lot of people I, I have covered rape cases or I've heard of people covering covering rape cases where a lot of people still blame women, even if they're females. There's there was a rape case. I forgot a couple of years ago it was a gang rape that happened in the suburbs. And I don't want to say what suburb because I might be saying the wrong suburb. But I remember I was sitting next to a reporter who covered the case. And it was a case where the young woman was intoxicated and it was a gang rape. And there was like three young men involved. One even fled the country. And they and, you know, the video, you know, she was drunk and they had videotaped evidence and she was drunk. So people still, you know, she was the, the three men, I think, eventually got away. You know, they were acquitted or there was, you know, I don't know if anybody pled out of it, but it was an interesting, compelling case. And. I remember the reporter covering it said there was a lot of women on the jury. So, you know, what she's doing is chipping away her credibility, saying like, you know, what was she doing in her nightgown, opening the door without asking, you know, she knew Harvey Weinstein. She just had dinner with Harvey Weinstein from what I recall. And she probably, you know, she's probably getting it. She knew it was him and she was standing there in her nightgown, you know, just kind of painting her as someone who, you know, was okay with this. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, she closed the cross-examination. She played the jury a video clip of Scora appearing on Late Night with David Letterman in 1997. In the clip, Scora admitted that she had made up little lies about her life, saying, for instance, that her father once raised uh, iguanas in the circus. Uh, In a rebuttal (laughs) minutes later, the lead prosecutor asked Scora if she had ever lied about matters as serious as her allegations against Weinstein. No, she said, uh, this is not a tale no i mean again first that's of completely all, different I, yeah. you know not to say you know i'm sh- a lot of actors lie about a lot of things when it comes to their backgrounds but getting raped i don't think people would necessarily yeah i mean you I'm embellish saying, a story yeah i mean a lot of anecdote. people embellish their stories yeah. it's kind of like vanilla ice saying that he grew up hard and he's like not really you know <laughs> Vanilla Ice analogy. <laughs> I'm just saying it happens a lot with these celebrities. Yeah. They act. They they say that they came from these like backgrounds, and they came from a completely different background. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know if you ever saw Fear of a Black Hat. It was like, it was a parody. It was a parody on uh, hip hop. <laughs> it was kind of like it was. It was a really funny movie. And then the, it was like a, not a parody on rap, but it was kind of like a documentary mm-hmm. um, on a rap group. It was like a mockumentary mm. and it was really funny. It came out in the early nineties and you know, there was like these rap guys and one guy is like, yeah, I grew up really hard. And they find his like old, like yearbook oh. and he went to, um, he went to like some really prep school and he had this like preppy sweater on. Yeah. It was just a really well, funny, it's a funny movie. <laughs> uh, Dennis will now do his, one of his favorite bits uh, to that point. Uh, <laughs> Your name is Clarence, and you went to blah, blah. Remember that? Oh, it's Eight Mile, right? Very good. Oh. Look at it. We've been I, together a long time. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Eight Mile, M- Yeah, too. Eminem did that, where we was having the rap battle with the guy. Your name is Clarence, yeah. and you went to blah, blah. Yeah, Fear of a Black Hat is really funny. <laughs> I mean, it might look seem dated now, but I think Chris Rock is in it, too. It's funny. I, I, so. I, I just... Uh, I read these stories. I understand the, what's going on. I understand that Harvey Weinstein's entitled to offense. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I when I when I read that exchange, um, unless a juror has a bias, in my opinion, toward uh, favorable toward Harvey Weinstein or negative 
toward the woman, uh, his accuser. I don't see how that would be convincing. You, you, yeah. get, you know, it's like, I'll chip away your credibility. Oh, you once embellished a story on David Letterman. Oh, you're therefore you must be making up. You know, it's just. I don't know. I guess she has to do what she has yeah. to do. And I, I read an article today also. I mean, I'm sure she'll, I'm sure uh, Donna Rotano, Rotano, however her name is pronounced. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing her name too. Um, you know, there's going to be other people that are going to be testifying. And uh, a lot of these women still talk to Harvey Weinstein after these alleged attacks took place. And so today I was reading an article about how um, people still you know it's a very common thing for victims to still associate with you know the men who raped them after these incidents happen so they said it's not uncommon a lot of these like you know psychologists were i was reading some articles right before i came in so you know she's probably going to mention that too because a lot of these of these actresses still worked with him Correct. Well, yes. I and mean, we're, we're, you know, we I've read so many articles by so many different, you know, there's so many different actresses who have penned articles about what happened to them. Well, listen, and we're getting so, into a, a whole different territory, which is uh, be, bigger than uh, the, the whole issue of sexual assault. When you have when you have the power dynamic in course, a relationship, yes, uh, you can intimidate. Let's just move away from something as horrific as rape and just talk about a general workplace. Of course, if you have an abusive boss and your and your boss is a total jerk, um, you, you still talk to them. You, yeah, you have to talk to them, and maybe you're trying to work your way out of an awkward situation so you'd be nice to them so then later on they could say oh you weren't that offended they don't know you go home and you're like really upset about it you know you're talking to your wife or your husband about god that guy's a mother <laughs> and they're just everybody advises you just be calm deal with him blah blah, blah. right am i yeah, telling you that's the happened truth? to me yeah it's happened to all of us <laughs> right d yeah you know i can name a few names uh, as can i uh, yeah incidents too incidents so it's like then they throw that at well Obviously, he didn't have a problem with it. Yeah. You sent him this nice note. Yeah, yeah I got to deal with the jerk. Yeah. You know, so I, I understand. The, uh, obviously, Harvey Weinstein doesn't have much of a defense. Yeah, but I'm going to say this is what with. they're going to. The defense is going to bring this up. I guarantee you, with as as more women come and testify, there's going to be that whole thing. You know, there might be pictures of them together. You know, mm-hmm. at the Oscars, the actresses with Harvey Weinstein, yeah. and you know, Harvey Weinstein. If anybody, you know, you and I watched the Oscars, he was kind of like a mainstay oh. there. And I I am a fashion fan, so I knew that his wife um, was also the, she does, she was a, she's a designer. And mm-hmm. Marchesa is uh, the label that she um, had owned. And I don't know if you know, but the dresses, know. <laughs> the dresses have, I remember just seeing them and I'm like, they look like an odd couple. But anyway, um you know, she must, I, I think as a woman, I she must have known this stuff was going on. But obviously, once it became a big deal, she divorced him. She was much younger than him. Mm-hmm. And her dresses, you know, I go on different websites and, you know, obviously I look at a lot of dresses I can't afford. But her dresses have plummeted. Like Just the association with Yeah, her. I don't think actresses wear her dresses anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and not that they were like the hugest designer, but... He, him, you know, her being married to him, her, 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 you know, her um, design shop, her Marchesa would always be written about well, in here, fashion here, magazines. Here, and here, they kind of, it's kind of gone cold since then. Here, here's, uh, you mentioned, uh, it's a natural transition to what the next on our list to talk about the Oscars. But um, all those years, I'm like you, I watched the Oscars. I remember Harvey Weinstein front and center. Yes, I've read stories about how he engineered propaganda machines to get his actors and actresses uh, the uh, either nominated or once nominated uh, to become the winner. And what a powerful force he was. And everybody in Hollywood had heard the stories. Yeah. Or, you know, and, and that and, is terrible, actually, yeah. that everybody stayed quiet about it. Yeah. I think like I know a lot. I'm not blaming the victims, but a lot of the people hearing about it. That's one of the reasons why a lot of women don't like Quentin Tarantino. Yep, I know. I'm just telling I knew, you. I know. Because... <laughs> hey, like you haven't told me this one before. <laughs> I'm just saying. You're right. You know, so a lot of people feel like, especially the men and, you know, they watched it happen and, you know, not blaming the victims. In, I'm sure there are some women who are sitting on the sidelines, not the actual victims, but all everybody was part of it and then you know every, so that's why a lot of people feel like oh all of a sudden 
when they're mad at Harvey Weinstein, they're all wearing black. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so it's like, wait, you Very were hypocritical. There, you were sitting there okay with it until he got caught. Mm-hmm. You know, so I know that I know that criticism's out there too. And that's why you gotta love Ricky Gervais. Come on, he puts, oh, it, right, funny. He puts it right in her face. He, he made me laugh. Yeah, yeah. But I just thought it was funny that all these conservatives were all over him. They're like, oh yeah, Ricky Gervais. I'm like, <laughs> you know, Ricky Gervais is an atheist. They would probably get mad at him when he they hear his other thing, yeah. you know, his other commentary and other things. So I'm just like, I usually don't like him, but I thought he was kind of funny. No, he is others. funny, but he he did the the first jokes he made. Whenever he makes a Harvey Weinstein joke, uh, I just I get a kick out of it because you're right. They just they tolerate it, and and Quentin Tarantino, uh, Joanna Klonsky comes on the show quite a bit. We talk about we call it the creep report. We talk about uh, uh, the allegations against powerful men, and uh, we. Quentin Tarantino did He's the apology. Creepy. Yeah, he did the, apo- the apology to, um, you know, to uh, to all his fans and to the actresses he worked with. That he claimed he didn't do enough to stop yeah. Harvey. And and if you see those early Quentin Tarantino movies, there's uh, Harvey Weinstein's production company right there yeah. as a producer. It's kind of awkward yeah. to put it mildly. For sure. Um, but uh, anyway, all right, let's uh, make the transition before I let you get out of here to the Oscars. I just want to promote next week's show. I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, we're going to do a special bonus Oscar predictions. Uh, Romana has uh, been so nice. She's agreed to participate. Uh, the great Sergio Mims, who probably knows more about movies than any person I've ever met, uh, will also be there. And uh, Daniel Scruggs, uh, who is a photographer, a journalist, and a movie reviewer uh, for The Tribe, will be there as well. I talked to Danielle. She's seen all the movies. Oh. All right. So, I guess uh, I have a disadvantage there. Uh, which one haven't you seen? I've seen yeah. most of I think them. You've probably seen them all. eighty to ninety yeah. percent of them, but I still haven't seen un- Uncut Gems, so I can't like weigh in. Oh, well, you don't have to worry about it because I didn't know get it didn't get Oscar anything. anything. I know, but I'm, there's so, got to be. Oh no, Joker! I didn't see Joker, oh, yeah. so oh, I'm okay. a disadvantage. Dennis is really upset. It's his favorite. <laughs> Sorry, movie. I know, I know. Um, hey. So <laughs> the guys on the copy desk wanted me to give me their my top ten movies of the year. So I told him last yesterday well, uh, they, they they all one guy was telling me oh you know a lot of everybody agreed like three or four guys agreed that they liked um parasite the best oh parasite's awesome all right and i told him i deliberately kept once upon a time in hollywood out of there so it's not in your top 10 no. uh and uh so showing solidarity with uh, women in hollywood uh <laughs> i we're gonna do uh this is gonna be a blast we're gonna have the list we're gonna uh you're gonna be able to take it to vegas we're gonna steal a a page from uh, roger ebert and richard roper we're gonna predict which movies make it so you could just go over to indiana where they're taking bets right now yeah Yeah, romana's gonna tell you which movies are gonna win uh and then which movies should have been nominated it's gonna be a lot of fun no gambling no gambling allowed. Yeah, uh, can we put money on this? Yes, absolutely. No, Are you <laughs> no kidding? No gambling. <laughs> I'm kidding. Anyway, uh, so before I let you go, we always ask for a recommendation. What are you going to be watching I, this weekend? I started Watchmen on HBO um, a couple days ago, and it's actually very good. It's um, based on a, I think it's a, a superhero novel. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't mm-hmm. know if it's a comic. It's a, it's yeah. a novel, right? Mm-hmm. But it's very good. Regina King is in it, and Don Johnson's in it, too. Well, someone else came on, on the show this week and said they were watching that and really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. One Troy Laravier. Yeah, Troy Laravier. And there's definitely, um, there's a lot of race. Um, there's they t- It touches a lot on race. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be in 2019, but it's very dystopian, futuristic. I think you would like it a lot. And I told you, I, I don't know, Dennis is young, so he's, have you heard of You? On Netflix, I've uh, I heard you say it. <laughs> Dennis is young. He's young. He'll know. No, because it's. <laughs> I heard about it. People were talking about it last year, yeah. and um, I don't know. I can't see a lot of guys liking it, but um, Penn Badgley, who was on uh, the Gossip Girls, was it Gossip? Gossip. Oh my yeah. wife. So oh God, anyway, wife she might she might like Penn. They they might like you, but it's about this guy who's an obsessive. He kind of like obsesses over women, and then he's like he's a murderer too. But it has a lot of like he, they always play his thoughts in his head, and I, I binged through that. And I saw Midsummer. Did you see that yet? Haven't seen it. Is it worth seeing? I, um, is so it scary? On, on the face of it, it's it's a good movie. It's not great, but I think a lot of the symbolism when you, it's like a smart movie. And I, that's what I was telling um, the guys in the copy desk yesterday. I'm like, you know, movies like Us, Parasite, and Midsummer. They're just creative. So I, I, I give them more points for the creativity because there's a lot more subtext in Midsummer mm-hmm. than I thought um, Hereditary. It's the same guy who made Hereditary. Yes. 
was a lot um, scarier. Midsummer's creepy, but it has it. It means so many different things. All right, I'm gonna like I'm, white I'm, supremacy men, and I think he did the female character very well. I will, which I will is check very it out. Rare for men, because Heredity was a really good flick, except the ending was really stupid. <laughs> uh, Romano Hussein is my guest, and I want to thank you very much for being on. We got Laureen Targos and Byron Sixer Lopez. Well, up next. I actually just got a text uh, from Laureen. It says here, "Bad news: Byron's caught up in a critical meeting with some aldermen about something. He cannot make oh, it." Oh wow! But Laureen is still on her way. She asked if uh, that's okay. I said, "Hell yeah! Hell come yeah. on, come by. on anyway." And so uh, it'll be Laureen with us defending Bernie Sanders this afternoon. <laughs> oh yeah, get ready for that one. She is ready to defend Bernie Sanders. Ramana, we've had uh, a lot of Elizabeth Warren people coming in through the studio this week, uh, very upset with Bernie Sanders and some Hillary people. Uh, of course, Hillary Clinton blasted Bernie. Uh, and uh, so when I talked to Laurie and Targos about that, she said she had a lot to say in defense of Bernie Sanders. Interesting. So I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of Bernie people have a lot to say about Well, I, I, I have my issues. I've already weighed in on this more than once uh, with Hillary Clinton's whole behavior. I get this whole thing, Romana, post-election behavior. or it, it, So like I think about former mayors and how they are after they're out of office. Daley was okay. He just kind of left the scene, didn't buy. Mayor Rahm, not so okay. You know what I mean? He's just got a... He when Mayor Daly when he left 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 for re-election. I'm going to allow my next mayor to make the appointments that he or she wants, and I'm not going to shove anything down your throat at the last minute. And and that's kind of how he he did it for the last six months or so. Mayor Rahm, of course, had the two huge mega tiff deals shoved down our throat. So it's and he's a writer now too. Yeah, now he's a great writer. Take a chill pill, man. Oh, sorry, Rahm. Anyway, Hillary Clinton is another one I put in that category. Really, a problems with the way. Like Hillary Clinton, you're not running for office anymore. You don't hold office anymore, uh, but you feel compelled. You talk about airing your grievances and gripes. You're ripping Bernie all the time. You're ripping Bernie bros left and right. Uh, and uh, so it's just, you, you know, uh, I don't know. It's I'm just not feeling Hillary Clinton the way. And I voted for her in 2016. And, and at the end of the day, she has a right to talk, right? It's freedom of speech. But yeah. I'm just saying, no, I'm just saying, no, I'm, I'm sure her fans think like, let her talk, you know, but I know what you're I know, what you're, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Trust me. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying she doesn't have a right to talk. <laughs> no, I know. But you're just saying like. <laughs> I got a right to talk about what she's yeah. talking about. <laughs> exactly. No, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, when someone, it's like when someone tweets and everybody piles on them, I'm like, well, they shouldn't have tweeted that if they weren't, they should have. If you, if you, you know, basically don't stay in the, what's that whole phrase about staying in the kitchen? I'm like forgetting idioms now. If you can't stay in, stay in the heat, get out, get of, the out of the kitchen. Right. So, so uh, Hillary shouldn't expect Hillary, people to stay quiet after yeah. making those comments about Bernie Sanders. Absolutely. All right. Ramon is saying thank you very much. We'll take a break and be right back. Did you know that 40% of the people in Illinois opt to be cremated? Well, it's true. And Chicagoland Cremation Options honors their wishes by providing cremation services directly to the general public. Chicagoland Cremation Options provides an affordable, ethical, and easy cremation arrangement, whether in person or online. Save thousands and streamline the process by going directly to Chicagoland Cremation Options. It's a family-owned business operated by my good friend, Douglas Klein. Here's how you reach them. Chicagoland Cremation Options.com. One more time. Chicago landcremationoptions.com it's the butter cow which has nine hearts to represent the nine essential nutrients in milk that's right it's made entirely out of butter and you know it's a state fair tradition since at least 1922 